to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com okay slutty scholars i want to invite you to an event i am hosting coming up this summer on august 19th at a private ranch in malibu it is called play date and it is a guided play shop to explore how pleasure and curiosity can enhance your healing prioritize pleasure and heal your life Check out pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com for tickets. Early bird sales are almost sold out and are available until June 22nd. Y'all know I am a big advocate for pleasure as a human right, and I deeply believe that play and pleasure are medicine. So I co-created an event with past guest, somatic pleasure coach, and best-selling author Irene Morning. This event was designed to help folks find and create more play and pleasure in their lives. Have you been feeling burnt out? overwhelmed, undeserving, irritable, really in your head, a sense of isolation or like you don't know what you want or like, disconnected, or even pressures around intimacy, then you need to come for a play date. Come discover more clarity about your likes and desires, shed the shame and conditioning that make adulting no fun, break down barriers that stand in the way of experiencing your full pleasure potential, and leave with a new zest for life and the tools to help you stay playful. This day-long play shop is limited to 30 participants only, and our early bird tickets are almost sold out. The day will include educational mini workshops, guided experiential activities, recess-style playstations, movement, bonding, and community building. What if instead of being the rewards you earn at the end of the journey, play and pleasure are actually the path to getting there? Come join us for play date at pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com to snag your tickets now. That's pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com and the link is in the episode's description. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am excited to welcome Riley Nixon. Um, if you used to tune in back to my live show um, on Vivid Radio, Riley joined me uh, for one of those, which was awesome. Uh, born in Manitoba, Canada, Riley Nixon became a nude model back in 2015. Uh, she entered the porn industry in January 2016 uh, and was a penthouse pet in 2017. Uh, she switched to all online work during COVID, like a lot of us, but just recently signed back with Fox Models to start shooting again. Welcome, Riley. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so one question that I'm asking folks on this season of the podcast is, what is the most pleasurable thing that you did lately? And it can be sex or it can be totally unrelated. Mm. I had the most amazing massage like a week ago. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. 
I I guess to me with massage, I like it to hurt. Same. And they really got in there. Like it, it was a Thai massage. So they're like standing on me, like crawling all over me. It's very intimate because uh, they do get very very up close and personal uh-huh um but it was just i felt like i got run over by a truck after and it was the best feeling <laughs> and that's the vibe <laughs> you're like fuck me up yeah like you feel so bruised after and it's the best <laughs> <laughs> raise your hand if you're kinky <laughs> yeah i mean i i always get so annoyed when the massage therapist does just like the kind of traditional swedish stuff or I like ask for it hard and then they like, it lasts for a little bit, but I feel the same. I want to, I want them to fuck me up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that sounds great. I'm really happy for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was fantastic. <laughs> okay. So a lot of us obviously have, or had switched to online work during COVID times, but I don't know if I've talked directly with any like sex work folks about them switching to online work. How was it switching to the, a virtual framework for you? Um, it was definitely a natural progression of what was already happening in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't feel like a, a huge disruption in my work, um, COVID and yeah. like being at home, like I already was like leaning more into just only fans. I had been shooting a lot of like trade content with other performers leading up to COVID. So the only thing that really changed was that I just wasn't having sex <laughs> with other people. I was just having sex with myself. Um, and I, I, I feel like my fan base got a lot more like intimate and solidified over COVID because I was spending so much time. Like I was going live on Instagram for hours, like keeping people company and, and then like on only fans, like I really got to know so many of my fans because I was so like, I felt like if I wasn't constantly responding to them on OnlyFans, like in personal mm-hmm. messages, like I wasn't doing my job, which got to be a lot. That is um, so hard. And now for folks who maybe don't know, a lot of people who have big online basis have folks that, that work for them to, mm-hmm. to help out. And so it's sort of created this like inhuman availability where people are expecting you to be responsive all the time. Yeah. And I mean, a lot like I don't really know what other people charge for their OnlyFans. It's kind of all over the place, but it's kind of hard when like you've paid maybe say like five or ten dollars for the month, the whole month, and they're expecting you to be constantly talking to them. Mm. It's just like, <laughs> like your price would like be a little more for that. Beyond, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. But it's like a strip club. I mean, like you have to pay to get in and then, you know, you have to pay for other stuff, but I do talk for free. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really great question too. (laughs) So you were talking about like focusing more on, on solo sex stuff and just like with any other job, there are times when we don't feel like working, right? There's times when I don't feel like working. Um, And for some people, COVID times like, made them want to connect more sexually and for others it like totally shut off their sexuality um and not just in your personal life but in work stuff what is helpful for you when you're like i don't feel like it 
Um, I think what was really helpful for me, or maybe during, you, I don't know if you get like that, but I know a lot of folks I are do. like, I don't feel like it, <laughs> but I have all these customs to do for work. Or for me, it's like, I don't feel like doing my notes, but I'm supposed to do notes. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a procrastinator for sure. So yep, anytime same. I have like customs or something, I, I mentally cannot do it until I'm like down to the wire and like it needs to get done and it always turns out great but i need that like i think it's probably something to do with my neurodivergence but like yeah i was like like, sounds like me adhd (laughs) (laughs) like i need that pressure Uh um but with like during like the height of covid um like since i've talked to you like i've been divorced and i've been in another relationship which i'm not out of so like that relationship after my marriage like I think that really helped me content wise because I was like so excited to like take things to send to him Mm. that like then I would it would give me an excuse to like okay we'll take a few more for work yeah (laughs) like I'm already in that like mode so having something to like uh motivate you to kind of get that energy (laughs) flowing was helpful yeah I guess I really need external motivation (laughs) uh yeah a lot of us do time or yeah food food's a good motivator for me (laughs) i need like a work dom that's what i need i need someone who's Uh, just like doming me to do to get my work done oh i need that i mean i guess i've sort of do like accountability groups with friends and that's not like dom like necessarily but (laughs) i think it's in that same same vein exactly exactly is it you find it helpful though Yeah. I think accountability groups groups are definitely helpful for me. I think I used to do really well in college when I would go to the library. And so I felt like going to the library, I would look around and there was like, I could only do work there. Um, and in college was also when I got like diagnosed with ADHD stuff. And so I think it was helpful because then I realized there wasn't something like wrong with me in the way that I worked Mm -hmm. and I just needed some like other tools. Um, but it was nice to have other people around because I almost got this like, I don't know if it was like competitiveness, but it was more like we're all in this together kind of thing. And I'm looking around and everyone else is doing work. And so it's this kind of nice way to, I guess, not feel alone in that, but also, um, yeah, feel a little bit supported. Yeah. So I've, I've certainly found it helpful, but I could also see like someone motivating me in a kinky way. And that would certainly probably help except that I'm a little bit of a brat. So maybe, maybe it wouldn't help. <laughs> I have some bratty tendencies, but I think I, I just always want to know that I'm doing a good job. Uh, which, yes. doesn't, like, which you would think mean, it means I wouldn't be a procrastinator, but. Well, no, it does actually mean that that, because a lot of people think that if you are perfectionistic, that you don't procrastinate because it's like, mm. Oh, um, you clearly want to get things done well. So you're going to give it a lot of time, but usually people who are perfectionistic procrastinate because then we're able to be like, Oh, well, I only had, I only did it last minute. Right. Like I didn't put that much time or effort into it. And so we're sort of like putting it off because we're afraid it's not going to be perfect. And then if we do it at the last minute, we're able to be like, Oh yeah, I just cobbled it together. You know, no problem. (laughs) Are you feeling cold in? (laughs) right no those procrastinating and perfectionism are are so connected um i never thought about it like that yeah that's that's very real 
So going back to the online work stuff for a second, what do you feel like you like most about kind of doing it more on your own and what's kind of bringing you back to wanting to make content with other people again? Um, I think initially it was just such like a breath of fresh air being able to shoot whatever you want Mm -hmm. and with whoever you want. Not that like you're forced to work with anyone in the industry, but, um, you don't really have much of like a creative say in what you're doing on set. Mm -hmm. So it was really appealing to not worry about all the things that you would have to worry about on like a browser set and have like the ridiculous like reactions and like you could just, it was was more authentic and um, yeah. And it was even more on your own schedule than being, and you're not on set for 12 hours. Like that's not fun. Um, Yeah. So like getting to be your own boss, getting to make the content you want to make, having it be a little more realistic. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people, people love like well-produced porn, but they also want that. Like it's, she's just at home. She's with her partner. I never made anything with my, any of my personal partners, but they like that feeling. Like, it's just like what she, this is what she's actually doing and not like what she's being told to do sexually. Yeah. What were some um, of the things you were most excited to like take back for yourself in kind of doing it your own way? Having real orgasms. <laughs> oh, say more about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I try not to talk about that too much because I don't like ruining the fantasy for people. Mm. Um, but I mean, all of my orgasms in porn are not all real because I mean, you're kind of telling a story so, you know, you might throw one in places that are, it would, they fit well to have an orgasm in this part of the scene. Not to say that they're all fake, but like, you're performing. I don't know. <laughs> well, but that's like, that's like saying I'm not going to watch any movies because it's not actually, they're not actually like jumping off that cliff. <laughs> Very true. Or like, that's not a real tear. <laughs> yeah, that's not a real tear because they made themselves cry because they're performing. <laughs> because it's entertainment mm-hmm. like i still enjoy movies even if i know it's not real i still enjoy like shitty quote-unquote reality tv even though i know it's scripted like <laughs> it's uh i don't know if it takes i, I guess for some people they don't want to know how the sausage is made so to speak but like i, I still yeah. enjoy things even though i know that it's not like what is real i don't know it's it's it's, it's still enjoyable for me yeah I think I fake it well, so <laughs> yeah. you'll never know which one's real and which one's not. Well, um, but yeah, and, with- and it can be really nice and affirming to watch more realistic stuff, which is a, just a different category of erotic content. Um, to really see, like, oh, what do some people actually like? Like, it doesn't just have to be the the bigger budget kind of stuff that that is very scripted. Yeah, although you should see the scripts. I get for customs. I'm like, you think there's time for all this in the five minutes you just purchased? Like, without, ten, uh, ten without pages, <laughs> without, uh, you know, giving away personal details too much. Can you give an example of, um, maybe combining some of the scripts you get requests for? 
Um, I mean, the basic ones are usually just like, just masturbate. And I just want to hear you like say my name and things like that, which is mm. easy. Uh-huh. Um, but like I've, <laughs> the very, very first custom I ever did, they wanted me to be murdered in it. What was that was, like for you? I threw out my back, um, mid, mid dying. Um, so, so you I got really, you got like really into it. <laughs> they, I, they wanted me to be a stripper and do stuff on the pole and then like walk. It was very specific, like walk up to me, it's point of view. And I stab you in the stomach and then you look down at your stomach and then up at the camera and down at your stomach and up at the camera and like they wanted fake blood and then I wanted to like ride on the floor in pain and then like lay there dead for like five minutes. And I, I, was, I must have been writhing. I must have because I had you heels on. So too hard. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. Obviously, you can probably guess that I'm like very supportive of like all fantasies and fantasies are not realities, right? Like, hopefully no one is trying to murder you. Um, Mm -hmm. And what was that like for you to like enact self-violence against sex worker? I, You know, it it just felt like I was making like a horror movie or something. Like it didn't Mm -hmm. seem, um, I didn't feel, I probably should have, but I didn't feel like it was um personal (laughs) no i don't think there's a should i mean look sure maybe some people might be like having that fantasy or making it personal and again i want to validate that like fantasy is not behavior and there's Mm -hmm. so many things we fantasize about all the time that we don't want to like actually happen and i'm you know i guess that's some of the safety of doing things at a distance on your own terms is you can like vet people and make sure they're like not actually trying to murder you while you're making murder fantasy porn this the same person like a couple months later this was in 2016 so this was like or 2017 it was a long time ago yeah um the same person wanted another video and i think this one was like a biker i think it was like something to do with being like a biker chick or something yeah and dying again in some way and i decided not to do it I think because I, I don't know, just was, I got kind of, I don't know, I guess I got kind of weirded out, but then I was also like, yeah. I'm dead. I'm dead already in your <laughs> little like world. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you got really realistic with it. You're like, you can't hit me up. I'm dead. <laughs> there's a huge, there's a huge subculture of like death fetishists. And there, there's so many interesting things that like that people like, there's a, um, some people like it to, you know, look realistic and some people seem to really like this, um, like over dramatizing the death, right. Where it's like, doesn't look realistic, but like, Mm -hmm. it's interesting because there's so many similarities in like what looks like an orgasmic face and what looks like a dying face and what looks like orgasmic sounds and what are like dying sounds. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting because there's like this real erotic overlay isn't that what they, I don't know if it's in French, but like the French word for orgasm is like the little, little death, death or something. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I think there's something to it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I would do murder scene again. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, Slutty Scholars, I want to invite you to an event I am hosting coming up this summer on August 19th at a private ranch in Malibu. It is called Playdate, and it is a guided play shop to explore how pleasure and curiosity can enhance your healing. Prioritize pleasure and heal your life. Check out pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com for tickets. Early bird sales are almost sold out and are available until June 22nd. Y'all know I am a big advocate for pleasure as a human right, and I deeply believe that play and pleasure are medicine. So I co-created an event with past guest, somatic pleasure coach, and best-selling author Irene Morning. This event was designed to help folks find and create more play and pleasure in their lives. Have you been feeling burnt out, overwhelmed, undeserving, irritable, really in your head, a sense of isolation, or like you don't know what you want or like? disconnected, or even pressures around intimacy, then you need to come for a play date. Come discover more clarity about your likes and desires, shed the shame and conditioning that make adulting no fun, break down barriers that stand in the way of experiencing your full pleasure potential, and leave with a new zest for life and the tools to help you stay playful. This day-long play shop is limited to 30 participants only, and our early bird tickets are almost sold out. The day will include educational mini workshops, guided experiential activities, recess-style playstations, movement, bonding, and community building. What if instead of being the rewards you earn at the end of the journey, play and pleasure are actually the path to getting there? Come join us for play date at pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com to snag your tickets now. That's pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com and the link is in the episode's description. Okay, so you had liked that you're like having more real orgasms. Anything else that's been most exciting for you or that you like about doing your own stuff? Um, I think I was just really kicking myself for not doing it sooner Mm. because when I, when I started doing porn in 2016, um, like Snapchat wasn't a thing. Um, like there wasn't this like more performer driven Mm -hmm. platform really. Um, but I kept hearing from people, you know, like if you go on set and you shoot for someone, when you go home, you should shoot something for yourself too, because you're never going to make another dollar off of that scene and you need to have some of your own content. Mm. And I never really started doing that until maybe like end of 2016. And I wish I would have like, like taken advantage of the time. Um, but then like Snapchat started and I started my only fans, I think end of 2016 back when it was an app still. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I wish I would have like built up my library sooner. Yeah. What sort of inspired you knowing that there's parts about it that you really like, what do you think made you want to shift back into making scenes with other people? Um, I think now it's, it feels a lot less stressful, um, because I'm not 100% relying on being booked. Mm, that is, so you get to be more choosy maybe. Yeah. I can be more picky about who and like what company I want to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, not, be, not relying on it 100% like makes things feel a lot better. Do you think that like, um, bigger companies and other kinds of sets 
have you noticed that you feel like they've had to like step up recently because now so many people can just do it by themselves. So things that maybe were like accepted before, cause it was like, well, this is the way now doesn't fly because people are like, well, I'm going to, I can go do it myself the way I want to do it. Yeah. I, I, I do see, I think, um, like rates have gone up, like performers rates have gone up, but I think that's also maybe I'm just, yeah. Looking at people who have, like at, the longer you're in, like the higher you can raise your rate because you're experienced. I see that um, they're doing like contract stars again, which mm. hasn't been done in a really long time, um, which I'm not necessarily interested in. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I would consider it. I don't see that. I'm not someone I don't think, I don't think I'm someone that would anyways. Um but I have no, I was just on set the other day as an extra, um, for a mind geek brand mm-hmm. and they had very, a very, very thorough, like consent checklist, which surprised me because mm-hmm. before the only company that had like something extremely thorough was kink. Um, and because of the content you kind of had to, mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like almost all companies have had to like really like overhaul that sector of, of their sets. Um, it's before they'd be like, did you guys talk about do's and don'ts? Okay, cool. But now it's like, at least for this company, I was on yeah. camera and she like read through a whole list of stuff for each performer. Like, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? Um, which I think is great. A lot of people think it's like overkill, but, I mean, it's so helpful for new performers because even me, I like before on set, if I was asked, like, are there things that you're like, okay with and not okay with, like I'll blank and like, you know, like I can't really think of anything right now, but then you, yeah, it's hard to imagine all the possible things that could happen in the moment. Yeah. Especially if you're, you've never shot before, like you don't even know, like, you know, yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's really great. And I'm, expecting i'm just getting back on the sets now so i'm expecting to see that a lot more which i think is great yeah and i also i don't know how you feel about this but i've also seen like since covid i feel like there are more implements on set sort of for checking with things like you had to have like a covid compliance person and granted obviously there's some companies who do some of the consent and COVID stuff, like just for show, just because to show that they have it. And I think some people like really are invested in it and care about it. So same thing with other kinds of careers and jobs, right? Some people have things just for show, like, oh yes, we sanitize the things, right? But some people like really care about it. So I think I've, I've heard different things, but I think with it, it seems like there's just more communication and like stuff that's been implemented. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious yeah, to mean, hear what, what you think and how it's been different, how it's different for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I haven't been on set very much, um, yes. since I've gotten back. I, I mean, of course I would hope that people are doing things because they think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But either way, either way, hopefully it's happening. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> Is there, happens. what are you feeling excited about in terms of like connecting with other people again? Um, and is there anything that you feel like you need or have to do to get yourself ready to be with others? Cause something I've heard of for some folks is like when they've been doing a lot just on their own, um, it can feel like tiring to be surrounded 
and connect with other people. Um, but I wonder, like, is there something you're feeling excited about in like sharing the scene with people again? Yeah, I, I'm excited just in general to be back around. I'm not, I'm not anticipating to be like working every single day. I'm not <laughs> like that high in demand, which I'm very happy about. I don't want to be on set every single day. That I think would be too much for me to be like on all the time. Cause like when I'm off, when I get off set, I'm like, <laughs> like You're done. it's not that I'm faking and like being performative in a personality way, but kind of like, I, I have to like turn it on and like, it takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, and then like the physical sex, like pen- penetrative sex can get really tiring. And it's like crazy positions. And like, some of those dudes are so big. Um, but I'm excited to be around people again. I really like performing in general. Like I grew up dancing. So like, I, mm. I like that feeling of like putting on something nice visually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to see everyone. It's like a family reunion and I have hair now. So I kind of like get to do like all my firsts again. Oh, say more, say more. Well, like, well, one, there's a lot of companies who would never shoot me before because of my buzz cut. short buzz cut. Yeah. Yeah. So now they will probably will shoot me. <laughs> and it's like, a, it's like a, like a whole, like it's, I look like a completely different person. Um, I kind of get to like do it all over again, which is kind of fun. That's another thing that I hear pop up for a lot of friends and colleagues or, or clients in the space is like how to sort of find this balance between showing up and looking the way that feels authentic for you that you want to, while also like knowing that you may have a, an audience or a following that's like expecting you to look or show up a certain way. Uh, how has that been for you to kind of um, shift and change, you know, how you present and maybe who you feel like you are and, and kind of have these different chapters um, as maybe your audience has shifted? Yeah, I, um, I, I spent years being like hassled basically by fans saying that the, I needed to grow my hair out. People obviously loved it, but like the majority, I feel like, like you look so pretty with hair da, 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 da. Mm. and now that i've grown it out <laughs> they're like you should shave it off yes they're complaining. <laughs> like, so there's always something to complain off. about and like you were or either the like you were so much prettier with the buzz cut or now they're like you're so much prettier with hair which irks me so much like like such a neg it is and anything that's like putting like if the oh you're so much prettier than that girl like i hate any kind of compliment that's putting either a past version of myself down yes or or someone else like why yeah. you, you can just say you're so pretty with hair you don't have to say so much prettier yeah then like what wh- are you trying to make me feel bad at the same time like i don't <laughs> yeah how do you how do you respond to that and is there anything that's helpful for you to like you know, not literally fuck the haters. I usually just very plainly say like, you know, you can just say I look pretty with hair. You don't have to like call my other self ugly. Yeah. Like, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much. I Um, mean, I guess I don't know how you 
feel internally, but something I've always like loved about, um, especially like your, your content that is recent. Like it seems like you always look what perceive, what I perceive as very natural. And that's not to, you know, some people like being made up and having a lot of like stuff, like natural, I guess is different to everyone, Mm -hmm. but I see you as like sort of showing different, you know, parts of your body and like different certain angles that are like very normal and natural and like not having a lot of like makeup or things like that. And, and I wonder, yeah, like how does that feel and how does it feel maybe going back into spaces where you may be asked to like alter things a little bit more? Um, cause that's something I've, I've always appreciated. It, it feels very normalizing. Thank you. Um, I, I haven't worn makeup in my everyday personal life since I was probably like 14. <laughs> I just like stopped wearing, like I used to wear a lot of like eyeliner in middle school and did not look very good. The emo, the emo and, times. Yeah. And I, I, <laughs> I wasn't good at it and I'm still not good at putting on makeup. Um, mm-hmm. I, even some makeup artists on set, like I don't think they do my makeup very well, but um, yeah, I just, I touch my face so much. I have dry skin. Like <laughs> makeup just like annoys me more than yeah. Anything. It's not great for the skin. No, thankfully I have. A, I like my face, so I feel comfortable <laughs> not not wearing um, makeup. Um, I do my bot. My body has gone through like a lot of changes since I got in the industry. Like, um. I was a bit like super tiny when I got in the industry and then I gained like 70 some pounds or something. Mm. And then I've lost not all 70 pounds. I don't ever want to be as skinny as I was when I, when I got in. Um, but that's also, um, like my boobs are probably like the only thing on my body that like, I am like somewhat insecure about just because like mm-hmm. they got so big and then mm-hmm. like, as you lose weight, they like lose volume and I'm not, I am not, um, I'm very pro like plastic surgery and things and like whatever, like makes someone feel good about themselves. But I personally like don't want implants. Um, but I feel like sooner than later, I'm probably going to have to do something about my boobs but that's going to involve a lot of scarring. So I think like with fans, like there's going to, they're going to start complaining sooner than later about like the look of my boobs. And then if I do something to them to like help that, like if I get like a lift, they're going to complain about the scarring. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck do you do? So just, just remembering that there's always going to be somebody complaining about something. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> any any tips that you have for folks to like s- practice self-love and confidence with with changing, you know, bodies or just like all the stuff you're describing cuz it's not a, you know, something that we just like achieve. I think a lot of it had to do with like not trying to like hide it and like like mm. hide like when I gained weight like trying not to like it and feel shameful about it um and then now with like my boobs and i don't love them but like i don't try to like wear mega push-up bras to like pretend that they're, I, don't, I don't know i'm just like kind of accepting like what they look like and 
Mm. Yeah. Like maybe you're, yeah. I think the way that I, that it sounds like that I also talk about it with clients is this idea of like, um, like radical self-love, right? So we're not going to like love every part of ourselves all the time. Um, but can you at least find some things that you're like neutral about, or can you at Mm -hmm. least practice some ways to show your body and yourself that you are still like pleasure able or pleasurable or, um, you know, enjoying that or still, finding little ways to accept that shift. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's not like, I don't think it's a realistic expectation to be like, I love everything all the time. And I'm so, (laughs) you know, this is my favorite thing, but more like, like you're saying like, okay, well, I'm still content worthy. I'm still pleasurable. I'm still pleasure able. Like there's still things that I can be neutral about, or at least like accept. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think that's all we can practice. You know, it's unrealistic to, to think that it can just be, everything's our favorite all the time. Yeah, especially with all of the the input of the people whose voices we don't want to hear but are everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think too, like when I was at my heaviest, like I like like it bothered me. Mm-hmm. But then I was making a lot of content, um, and people were like loving the way that I looked. Mm. there were obviously like mean people who were like wow you gained a lot like you know whatever but like the majority of my followers there always like, is like, and then and then it. if you lose too much then you're too skinny and then if you yeah. you know like i on drugs you're <laughs> like, too medium you're too yeah. <laughs> yeah you can never make them happy but yeah like um it i don't want to like tell people like post your nudes on the internet <laughs> but like there are people who who think you're just like the most bodacious, gorgeous creature. Mm-hmm. And it, it is a confidence boost. Yeah. So certainly. bury yourself. I mean, you're going to get mean people, but like you're going to get yeah. a lot of very happy people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So as you kind of re-enter back uh, into some, some more shooting, are there some particular like scenes and things you're most excited to to do or to try again with sort of a new a new lens or a new take on things? Hmm. I'm excited for all of it. Cause I, I was doing every, you know, I was was shooting with trans women. I was shooting, um, with bi men, like, um, my favorite, I think my favorite scene I've ever done was a bi orgy. Um, nice. And we're just all just fucking each other (laughs) (laughs) feel free to go into more detail if you would like (laughs) i think it was called um group buy-in um (laughs) biphoria um i think there i don't know how many of us were there um me and two other ladies and then four guys or five guys Mm -hmm. like wolf hudson was in it ruckus was in it um Michael, Michael Vegas? Ray? Oh. No, not Michael Vegas. Oh. <laughs> I have I have pegged and fisted Michael Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like to normalize to like people's changing sexualities over time. And so, what do you feel like has maybe stayed for what you're willing to share? Um, what do you think has stayed the same about some of your like desires and interests? And what do you think has changed as you're like reentering and considering like what kinds of scenes you want to do? Um, I think I, so now that I'm 
single, which is like very foreign for me. Like I haven't been single for like a extended period of time since like, mm. like I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so like dating seems very weird to me because I, I'm not a casual person. I don't really like casual sex, mm-hmm. which is why porn has been so great for me. Mm. Um, cause like I, I'm very attracted to all sorts of like sexually attracted to like all the different kinds of people. And it gives me this like place to do that. That has this like, like it's not quite casual, but it's not relationship necessarily either. Like distinct boundaries. Like Mm. there's no, like, is this turning into something like, no, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, so it's so fun. And like being able to know that, like, it's so contained within Mm -hmm. the boundaries of filming or like shooting content with someone um yeah because like in my personal life I don't like I love shooting content with friends but then I love knowing that like once the camera's off like we're just friends Mm -hmm. and like there's not like yeah (laughs) what's going on here yeah okay Um, so like excited or interested to explore now that you're single and how that yeah. feels. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Fe- feeling some kind of way about exploring yeah. it. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. New, new, new territory for me. Yeah. Okay, slutty scholars, I want to invite you to an event I am hosting coming up this summer on August 19th at a private ranch in Malibu. It is called Playdate, and it is a guided play shop to explore how pleasure and curiosity can enhance your healing. Prioritize pleasure and heal your life. Check out pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com for tickets. Early bird sales are almost sold out and are available until June 22nd. Y'all know I am a big advocate for pleasure as a human right, and I deeply believe that play and pleasure are medicine. So I co-created an event with past guest, somatic pleasure coach, and best-selling author Irene Morning. This event was designed to help folks find and create more play and pleasure in their lives. Have you been feeling burnt out, overwhelmed, undeserving, irritable, really in your head, a sense of isolation, or like you don't know what you want or like? disconnected, or even pressures around intimacy, then you need to come for a play date. Come discover more clarity about your likes and desires, shed the shame and conditioning that make adulting no fun, break down barriers that stand in the way of experiencing your full pleasure potential, and leave with a new zest for life and the tools to help you stay playful. This day-long play shop is limited to 30 participants only, and our early bird tickets are almost sold out. The day will include educational mini workshops, guided experiential activities, recess-style playstations, movement, bonding, and community building. What if instead of being the rewards you earn at the end of the journey, play and pleasure are actually the path to getting there? Come join us for play date at pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com to snag your tickets now. That's pleasureismedicine.eventbrite.com and the link is in the episode's description. Well, I want folks to be able to follow your journey and check out your work and... um pay for your stuff. So how how can people give you money and follow what you're doing? Um, All of my links are at riley-nixon.com. On Instagram, my username is Riley Nixon. Twitter, Riley Nixon underscore. And then that's just my OnlyFans has the same username, Riley Nixon underscore. But everything is at 
riley-nixon.com. Well, I'm excited for you and super grateful for you to come share um, all the parts of yourself here with us that you were willing to share. And again, listeners, if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, um, sometimes on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. Uh, you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, please don't forget to rate and review wherever you can if you enjoy the show. And don't forget to check out those advertiser discounts because the more you support them, the more you support the podcast. Um, Riley, thanks so much for coming back. Thank you. Sluts and Scholars is a podcast produced by Sluts and Scholars Media, LLC. It is a shame-free educational podcast made for your entertainment and informational desires only. The podcast, any opinions we share, and any resources, including social media and emails from us, are not therapy, medical care, or professional advice, and do not create a patient-client relationship. None of the information, opinions, suggestions, resources, or exercises mentioned in this podcast should be used without clearance from your healthcare provider. All opinions, information, and ideas expressed by the guests are solely their own. If you need emergency mental health or medical help, please call 911 or 988 or go to your nearest emergency center. We hope you enjoy the show.